Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. On this episode of the OFNT podcast, I cover tech news, the wacky world of entertainment, and much more. Let the show begin. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the OFNT podcast. OFNT stands for Old Fart, New Tech. I'm your host and resident old fart, Jim Schaefer. And the new tech, at least to me, is the podcast. I hope you are doing well and having a great weekend so far. The sign-stealing drama continues. It just won't go away. Hey, MLB? Hashtag Houston Asterix. No corrections today. Two weeks in a row. It's got to be some kind of record. Politics. Oh, pretty boy, Brad. You are so brave. I'll bet your life has been so tough. Jackasses all. Now that I got that off my chest, it's time for some tech news. The first item is from TechCrunch. Amazon and Intel are the latest companies to cancel their plans for the Mobile World Congress over coronavirus-related concerns. The two companies join LG, NVIDIA, and Ericsson, who have also canceled their plans to attend the event. Other companies, including Samsung, have scaled back their plans for MWC due to this outbreak. This is too bad because I hear the MWC is a blast to attend and many important announcements and products have come out of this event in past years. Now here's an update. The India Times has reported Wednesday that Cisco, Facebook, AT&T and Sprint have also pulled out of the MWC. I think they should consider canceling this show. Update number two from CNET. MWC organizers cancel show as companies bail on coronavirus fears. We could all see that coming now, couldn't we? What a shame. Speaking of CNET, it's good to see they are still around. They were one of the first, if not the first, tech news companies that were out there. I used to get up early on Saturday mornings to catch a 30-minute show from, from them about computer technology. That was in the mid-90s. They were the only game on television at that time. 
I was rocking an AST all-in-one computer and used it with my first true internet provider, the aptly named HomeNet. Back then, it was common for most people to access the internet via AOL, which stood for America Online for those born after that time. HomeNet was formed by a couple of former GIs who started their own IP in Warner Robins, Georgia, and I was one of their first customers. Sadly, they've been out of business for years now, but the AST computer is still up in my attic. Okay, here's I Told You So. Last episode, I mentioned how experts were predicting a shortage in the supply of new electronic gear, especially smartphones, due to the the coronavirus situation in China. Reuters reports that Foxconn has restarted a key China plant, albeit with 10% of its workforce. It will only be a matter of weeks for the other factories to follow suit. Give it a month and the full output of these manufacturing plants will be back to normal. No shortages, no price increases, please. Now, how about worrying about the diversification of your manufacturing base instead of your workforce? I'm sure there is a lot of diversity in those Chinese factories, right? Oh, here's an update. Foxconn has stated that the Reuters report was not fully factual. However, they are still intending to have their Chinese factories running by the end of February. Hmm, can the coronavirus situation be worse than the communist government is reporting? Nah, they wouldn't lie, would they? Right? Android Authority reports that Google is working on a ultra-low battery power mode for its Pixel line, Pixel, Pixel line, whose latest model was shipped with anemic batteries. This mode could switch the display to monochrome and cut off internet access, according to the article. Not fun and could have been avoided with a properly designed phone instead of the heap of crap the Alphabet company served up this time. I previously reported, after viewing a Jerry Riggs Everything video on YouTube, that compared to the Pixel 3, the newest model has had a downgrade of parts and build quality. Maybe acquiring the remnants of HTC wasn't a great idea after all. I mean, the failure of that company happened for a reason. From the rawstory.com, which is a left-leaning rag... Google HR chief stepping aside as worker activism rises. All I can say is, keep those H-1B visas coming. Google what an H-1B visa is if you don't already know. Headline from LiveMint.com Internet suspended in Kashmir today. Coming soon to a Huawei-powered 5G network near you. This next story is from Mediate.com. YouTube, owned by Google, is investing in the Young Turks digital network, according to reports. The Young Turks is a far-left organization named after a group that was responsible for the Armenian genocide. While not surprised by this, I'm surprised that Google is giving money to a congressional candidate. The owner of this enterprise is currently a candidate for the congressional seat left vacant after the resignation of a nymph who liked to post pictures of her conquests on social media. 
Her name was Katie Hill, for those that have forgotten. Next, The Verge is reporting that Optimum has raised prices on internet and TV plans. I use this company for my internet and have been quite happy, but I've been noticing price creep since they were bought by Altice, which I believe to be a French company. I'll see how much they jack up my bill this month, and come on, T-Mobile. I'm waiting for you and your home internet service patiently. HelpNetSecurity.com is reporting that cryptocurrency crime losses have more than doubled to $4.5 billion. Yes, that's billion with a capital B in 2019. So you want to play around a dark net, do you? This is what can happen to you. Eventually, you will see cryptocurrency regulated, and then the party will be over, folks. This from ZDNet. Oracle tells his Supreme Court, Google has a problem. In litigation that has been ongoing since 2010, Oracle has argued that Google has infringed on its copyright by copying into Android the structure, sequence, and organization of 37 Java APIs. Oracle also contends that Google also copied 11,330 lines of computer code verbatim from Java SE into Android. They are suing for $9 billion. Well, this is my opinion now. Google has been known for copying other people's stuff, especially when they were attempting to launch Android. The mobile operating system they were working on pre-Android was more akin to BlackBerry operating system. One of Google's co-founders sat on the board of Apple and witnessed a briefing on the upcoming iOS. This info was used to halt development on Google's BlackBerry clone and shift to copy iOS. Andy Rubin at the time was developing Android but was running out of money. Google acquired Android for $50 million in 2005. Rubin was previously involved with the Danger operating system, which powered the popular Sidekick phones, which was bought out by Microsoft. My conjecture is that in order to get to market, shortcut cuts were taken. The resulting operating system was a clone of iOS, which caused Steve Jobs, upon seeing it, to declare thermonuclear war on Google. Though the relationship ha between the two companies has been tempered, Apple does everything it can to free itself and iOS users from any dependency on Google software. In my opinion, anything based on Java is a piece of crap and a security nightmare with only Adobe Flash being worse. Though Google is moving away from Java, security threats remain. If Oracle wins the suit against Google, besides the $9 billion, I think the company will also be entitled to royalties going forward. Again, this is my beef with Google. They play dirtier than Microsoft did in the old days. Continuing with somewhat Android-related news... The aforementioned Andy Rubin's company, Essential Products Incorporated, announced it is ceasing operations. This from a, an article Wednesday 
on Bloomberg.com. The company released the first so-called full-screen phone a couple years ago. I'm saddened by this because the company was working on a new mobile operating system, codenamed GEM, and a new smaller screen phone. Oh, well. The YouTube channel Front Page Tech, FPT, who has a decent track record of Google Pixel leaks, has shown what they say is a prototype Pixel 5 XL. Go take a look on the channel if you're curious. I just hope the quality of the phone is back at Pixel 3 levels. ConsumerAffairs.com reports American consumers lost over $200 million last year to romance scams. These criminals target the old and lonely and should be castrated upon being caught. Folks, if someone you met and know only online asks for money, it's a scam and you should cease all contact. Let's move on to some tech I'm using, or actually tech I'm having problems with. I'm having a problem with my 2018 MacBook Air. I bring the computer to work with me every day, but don't get to use it all the time. When I do attempt to use it lately, the battery is drained completely. My 2019 MacBook Pro doesn't have this problem, so I'm wondering if my computer is faulty. Does anyone out there have this same problem? Otherwise, I haven't had a problem with this unit, and I love it. New style keyboard and all. Next up, let's join the wacky world of entertainment to see what's going on this week. Well, the Oscars have come and gone. My wife fell asleep during the award show, come political dribble fest, and that, I think, sums it all up nicely. I was at work. Speaking of work, workers unite, said the Obama-funded bald-headed communist stooge, to great applause. The idiots in attendance probably don't even realize that was a Karl Marx quote. And even if they knew it was a quote from Karl Marx, they probably thought Karl Marx was one of the Marx Brothers comedy trio. One of the biggest mysteries was why Black China was invited to the Oscars. I don't know why this was such a mystery or why anybody cares about this, but hey, I'm just reporting the news. According to the Celebrity Insider, it's because she is dating a guy named Tito Trujillo, who was nominated for an award. Looking at the red carpet photo of her, I wonder how much of her body is real. I don't know why women are turning into big-lipped ants these days. I guess it's the exaggerated women of the 21st century. Somebody help them and the men who are attracted to this clown-like transformation of women. Now, continuing with communist, Rolling Stone magazine reports Rage Against the Machine has announced their 2020 tour. Oh, yay! Who asked for this? The proceeds from the first three shows will go directly to immigrant rights organizations. Let me correct that for you. Read that as illegal aliens' rights organizations. Just the publicity photo alone of these four privileged white boys' smug faces looking down at me, and I'm sure that's how they feel about their audiences too, make me, makes me want to puke. 
And like the true revolutionary communists who support the workers, they are charging $125 per ticket. Rich commies aren't as in vogue these days, though, so we'll see how it goes for these people. As you might have noticed, I'm a little, just a little, biased against communism. Perhaps it's because I spent 20 years in a military whose existence owed to opposing that system. It just freaks me out that folks here think it's right for this country. This past week marked the 50th anniversary of the release of Black Sabbath's self-titled first album, which created the heavy metal genre. Rolling Stone magazine had a great article about the album with some unknown facts about its creation. Well, I knew some of them, but I guess some people would be unknown. Here are some of the highlights of the article. Geezer Butler, who was the bass player, wrote the riff and lyrics to Behind the Wall of Sleep, literally, Behind a Wall of Sleep. He fell asleep one evening and dreamed all the lyrics and the riff to the song, and upon waking, memorized everything because there were no portable recording devices back then. And then he played it for the band, and they adopted it. The original cover had the model... Louisa Livingstone, naked, but the album art designer thought, and I think correctly, that it didn't fit the tone of the music. Before forming the band, Ozzy worked at a slaughterhouse and did jail time. Geezer was an accountant. Bill Ward delivered coal, and Iomi was a welder. Geezer Butler wrote the lyrics to The Wizard because he was really into the Hobbit series of books authored by Tolkien at the time. The album was recorded in one day. The album and band were slammed by almost all music critics, including Rolling Stone magazine. Myself, I'm amazed that everyone involved in the production of this album is still alive. Surviving that drug-adal time is very impressive, very impressive indeed. Okay, here's some words of impact. Well, actually, I don't have a story in this episode, but maybe I can have some impact on you, my audience. Or is it audient, because I don't have much of the former. My advice to young people, get out of your bubble. Travel throughout the country you live in. Go to other countries and see how they live. Talk to the locals. By talk, I mean face-to-face. Text messaging doesn't count. That will give you a nice perspective on where you live and how it may differ from other areas and give you a better perspective in general of the world. That's my advice to you guys. Now let's move on to some podcasting news. This comes from InsiderRadio.com. Podcasting becomes a new resume reel for out-of-work radio hosts. Well, the gist of this article is that out-of-work radio personnel are jumping into podcasting until they can find another gig. I have no problem with this, but I am jealous because they know producers that can give them a boost right out of the gate that an indie podcaster cannot duplicate. And what happens when they do get another radio job? Well, after clicking on a source link to the article I just read you, uh... It told a story of a jock who started their podcast, and it seems the article had been updated. The update was that the podcast was deleted. 
I guess the guy found another job. What about his audience? I guess they could still listen to him on the radio, but uh, what if they aren't local? Okay, InsideRadio.com is also reporting that, according to Nielsen, podcast listening is on track to double by 2023. Well, this is great news. I'll have four listeners by 2023. Next, uh, Hubhopper, which is an Indian podcast app and website, is altering and republishing public podcast RSS feed. This according to podnews.net. I have no idea what purpose this serves and why Hubhopper would do this. The Oscars of Podcasting. The first Golden Mics Awards will debut in 2021. Yahoo reports that Spotify, NPR, PRX, who well, I have no idea who they are, Sony Music, and Wonderly have announced the formation of the Podcast Academy, a membership-based organization dedicated to promoting the medium. Good idea, but I think you can guess what will happen. To be eligible for an award, you have to be a member of the Academy. How much will that cost? I'm sure entry will be way beyond the means of most independent podcasters. There's something I listen to, and maybe you guys would like to. If you're a fan of old-time radio, there are a lot of podcasts out there to choose from. I got into old-time radio when... Uh, it's even before my time, if you can believe that. My father would listen to old-time radio on Friday nights over a glass or two or three of scotch. I would listen along with him, and if I was lucky, I had a glass of soda. The Shadow was the one show that I really enjoyed and just got me into listening to old-time radio. When podcasts became a thing and I bought my first iPod Classic, remember that? This was my entry point into the world of podcast listening. One old-time radio podcast I listened to back in those days and still listen to today is oldtimeradiomysterytheater.com. It's nice to know it's still going strong. Others in this genre are OTR Detective, Old Time Radio Comedy, Relic Radio, and a host of others. So if you're feeling a bit nostalgic, give one of these a listen. I think you'll enjoy it. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for my rant. This one is entitled, The Left Lane Creeper. Everyone has run into this person on the highways of this country while driving, I'm sure. This is a driver who, for some reason, decides to occupy the left lane and settle down to a speed at or below the speed limit. In the old days, the driver was just an asshole. These days, a cell phone is usually involved. So this has evolved into being an asshole with a cell phone instead of just being an asshole. Back in my youth, the left lane was used for passing. If you happened to be in that lane and you noticed another vehicle gaining on you in the same lane, you would move to the lane to the right of you, if possible. If it weren't possible, you did so at the first available time that you could. If you didn't see the vehicle's approach, a simple flash of the driver's lights would grab your attention and you would get the hell out of the way. It was called courtesy back then. I know it's hard to define these days, or hard to find even courtesy. 
Something surely is lacking these days on the road. I often wonder what the left-lane creeper thinks as lights are flashed at them, they are tailgated, and the finger is applied to them by the poor driver having to pass him in a non-passing lane. Have we become that dense? So if this applies to you, maybe you should think about other drivers on the road and move over. A lot of times you will even be thanked for this. Of course, this only applies if you are aware that other drivers besides you are actually on the road and have the same rights as you. And of course, you have to acknowledge the existence of other drivers, something I think a lot of people just don't do these days. Rant out. Well, with that, another episode is done. So if you are so inclined, contact me at OFNTpodcast at gmail.com. Tell me how much this podcast sucks and suggest how I can improve it. You know, if my numbers go up for this episode, I'll attribute this to the title, which would probably draw in all the pedos out there. Just kidding. So be safe. And I'll see you next week. And before I forget, get off my lawn. Take care. I'm out. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.